Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Nature Spirituality with Selena Fox. This is Selena Fox, and we explore ancestors' rituals tonight. I give thanks to everyone joining live via CSNP, that's Circle Sanctuary's Internet Radio Network, and all who are joining live by my main Facebook page, Selena Fox Updates, and to all of you who will be tuning in later. I do plan to have this archived, um, not only the audio and video version at my Selena Fox Update Facebook page, but we keep an archive of all the various podcasts, the audio version, at the Circle Sanctuary website, circlesanctuary.org. You can go there and check on um, the CSNP. When you click on that area, you'll see upcoming shows as well as a link to our archive. So let us join together and honor ancestors with rituals tonight. And one way of honoring ancestors is through chanting. In fact, you can start an ancestor's ritual with a chant where you create a sacred circle and you call on the ancestors as part of that process. When I use this chant for that purpose, I tend to use a quartz crystal, or some people call it a rock crystal wand, which not only is linked with the element spirit, but uh, crystals have been an aid for connecting with ancient ones, ancestors, since ancient times. And part of it is crystals have their own way of growing and taking a while, and to actually have a crystal to use as a way of summoning ancestors and to celebrate them is something that goes across time and goes across space. This is a version of a circle casting chant that I've done over the years, and I've adapted it for different purposes, and this is the ancestors circle casting version of it. Circle of light, circle of sound, circle of ancestors, circle around, circle of light, circle of sound, circle of ancestors, circle of Ritual can be one 
in which you work with the ancestor realm directly. Some people might call that a solitary rite, but because you're inviting the ancestors, I call it a personal rite because they are there to connect with you and for you to learn with them. You might call on a particular ancestor or an ancestral line, or it might be a greater circle of ancestors, a more universal ancestors ritual in which you connect with ancestors of your family, multiple lines, and it might be a very all-inclusive ancestors rite where you work with ancestors of family and part of the ritual, ancestors of place and culture as part of another part of the ceremony, and ancestors of spiritual traditions. And some people will do a separate type of ancestors ritual for each of those types of ancestors. Others include them all together within an ancestors ritual. Being able to use visualization, imagination, incantation, all can be helpful ways of enhancing your work with the ancestors. Having particular ancestral ritual tools to use also can be helpful. I like burning some frankincense to clear the space as well as to honor the ancestors. Frankincense is from a gum resin that is in ancient times has been used across many spiritual traditions and cultures and I have burned the gum resin beads themselves on self-igniting charcoal, fumed them on that, or what I prefer to do for shorter ceremonies is to use a Josh stick, which has been made of pure frankincense oil, and so um, it, it's actually got a bit of the frankincense in it, uh, it can be easy to travel with and to kindle. Clearing the space, burning it as an ancestral offering, and burning it in Thanksgiving as well. Another tool that I've worked with, in addition to a crystal wand for casting an ancestor's circle, I often will use some form of quartz crystal that serves as a portal point. And especially at Samhain time, I will have an ancestor crystal on the altar to represent the connection between this realm and the ancestral realm. And when I do rituals at the altar where this particular crystal is, I will then hold the crystal, I'll work with the crystal to activate it and have that serve as a link for calling the ancestors, honoring them, thanking them. And because you have a very specific point that you're using when you are done with the ceremony, you can cover it with a cloth or lay it down horizontal, or some people like to put a cloth over it, or simply just bring closure to the ritual and let it continue to be on the altar. Another one of the tools that I use in ancestors' rituals is a bell. And there are many types of bells. There's singing bowls. There are chimes. What I like about some type of bell it can signal the start and the end of the ceremony, and it can help focus attention. So in doing your own personal work, it can be a really fabulous marker of different sectors of the ritual you're doing. When you are doing an ancestor's ritual with people in 
your household or a small group, then it's good to have a bell that's big enough and loud enough that everyone can hear. If you are taking part in an ancestor's ritual in a very large context, a big community setting, often people will bring their own kind of instruments to honor the ancestors. One of the things that I have used as a ritual tool is a sistrum. Um, some people call it a tambourine on the stick. It's also a very ancient instrument used in old Egypt and um, the one I have and I'm using tonight is a forked wand with a piece, a strong piece of wire across and the um, circular sound makers that are used in tambourines. So using some type of sound to signal the start, to signal the end, and you may use it to raise energy as part of a way of doing an offering for the ancestors. Having tools that are very visible and that are audible in large group settings is really important. Um, many people in large group ancestor rituals will have some form of audio amplification. It might be a microphone, for example. And if you are going to be using some sound equipment and you're doing an ancestor's ritual, it's very important at least an hour or so before everybody shows up and you start the ritual, I suggest that you do a test run. Uh, sometimes when you're working with the other world, the ancestral realm, things can get uh, different with, with electronic equipment. doesn't happen all the time, but it's good to test it out before you begin. Another thing that you may want to have for an ancestor ritual is some cup or bowl of water. Many different traditions have water as an offering for the ancestors. In some traditions, the water is seen as a kind of um, sacred well on the altar, a kind of portal in itself. In fact, amongst the ancient Celts, um, naturally occurring springs and ponds were considered sacred and gateways to the other world. I also like to have, as part of the ancestors' rituals, some form of flowers for the aroma as an offering, and uh, it's a tradition. Tonight I'm working with Annis Hyssop, um, freshly gathered to honor ancestors from the garden. If you are going to be offering food to your ancestors as part of the ceremony, have some kind of plate um, to hold the food offering. It might be bread, such as I have tonight. It might be fruit, vegetables. It might be fresh herbs. It might be some form of dried fruit or herbs. It might be meat. There's a lot of different choices. Part of what's important as you offer ritual offerings is to do some reflection ahead of time what pleases your ancestors. And if you're working with a particular ancestral line or ancestor, if it's one close enough to your own life that you actually knew this grandparent or great-grandparent before they moved into the ancestral realm, you might have family knowledge about favorite foods, and you may want to use the favorite foods and beverage as part of your way of working with a particular ancestor. If it's an ancestral line and you have understanding of cultural influences and special foods, you may want to connect with um, some old family recipe or some um, folk tradition recipes that are connected with a particular culture or location. I have some Swedish ancestors on my father's father's 
side, and when I am in the Yuletide, I make sure I honor my great-grandmother, Maria Anderson, with a Lucy cake, as is called, or Lucy bun, which is a traditional food that is associated with that time of year. And um, I have German ancestors, and certainly there are some German foods and beverages that I've worked with in connecting with them. And I invite you to consider what type of foods and beverages you might want to have as part of your ancestors' ritual and to have them on the altar as you do the ritual and then following the ritual to take those offerings and release them to nature, give them to the ancestors. Some people follow an indoor ancestors' ritual at one's home with doing some type of ancestors offering release into nature. Um, following that, some people like putting the offerings at the base of a tree, uh, especially a big, old, healthy tree. Some will take offerings to a cemetery where the remains of one's ancestors are buried. So a lot of different possibilities for that. And in addition to various um, ways of celebrating ancestors with offerings, I'd say one of the most universal ways of calling the ancestors in a ritual is kindling a candle. Some will kindle a candle for each ancestor they call or each ancestral line. Some will kindle a candle for family ancestors, a candle for ancestors of place and culture, um, ancestors, um, candle for the mighty dead or those um, of spiritual traditions that have crossed over. <clears throat> so in addition to doing chanting, creating sacred space, you may find it helpful to do an ancestor's ritual that includes a meditation. And I'm going to guide a couple meditations tonight, so I invite you, wherever you may be, if you are able to do so, to find a comfortable place to sit and uh, remove other distractions and be at a place where you can meditate and envision. If you aren't in a place where you can safely do that, then I invite you to tune in to what I share as a kind of narrative that you could adapt for your own work when you are able to have a, a more quiet um, place to do your ancestors' ritual. So in the next few moments of quiet, I invite you to center yourself, envision a sacred, radiant light around you. That is the circle of ancestors. Experience that light all around you. If you are from a tradition that works with the sacred directions, in the next few moments of quiet, Call each of those sacred direction points according to your own path. I'll be guiding a calling according to the circle craft tradition, which works not only with compass points, but other dimensions as well. Honoring the sacred north, the sacred east, the sacred south, the sacred west the cosmos above, the planet beneath, the spirit in the center. Connecting with that spirit in the center, being within us and around us. Imagining that circle of ancestral light around us, 
creating a safe place for us to call to the ancestors. Now experiencing yourself with the ancestral light that you've cast around you, connect with the divine according to your own tradition or path. Divine is one, divine is many, divine within, divine around. Come, be here, bless this ancestral right. Divine, that is the ancestral realm. We call to you now. Come, be here. For each of us in a way that is right, for each of us and the ancestors we choose to work with and who choose to work with us in our meditative rituals tonight. So be it. Now I invite you to close your eyes or lower your gaze and imagine within that circle of light that you have cast around you that that circle of light expands outward and becomes a strong resonating ring of light, a mist forming around it. And then from the mist, ancestral figures are inside that ring of light, each glowing in a kind of misty haze. Experience yourself in the center of a ring of ancestors. Focus a few moments honoring and welcoming the ancestors to this rite, to this meditation. Ancestors, we honor you. Ancestors, we call to you. Ancestors, be with us. Ancestors, speak with us. Now in the next few moments, quiet. Imagine one of those spirit figures of ancestors around you coming closer and being before you in your sacred circle. And the mist dissipates and the ancestor takes a form. Spend a few moments letting that form of the ancestor come into view. And in the next few moments of quiet, silently thank the ancestor and invite the ancestor to identify the ancestor self. Name, time period, era, location. Pay attention to what comes to mind. And if it feels appropriate to do so, speak words of appreciation, either silently in your own mind, or if you're in a place where you can do so, Speak them, whisper them, or sing them if you wish, out loud. And 
and then if it feels appropriate to do so, invite the ancestor that's come before you to give you a word or phrase that is guidance for you in your here and now. Pay attention to what comes to you. then give thanks. The ancestor takes on a misty haze again and goes and stands with the other ancestors in the ring. And now I invite you to imagine yourself turning clockwise inside the circle and looking around the ring and if it feels right to do so fixing your gaze on an ancestor in the ring and invite the ancestor to come to you and in like fashion the ancestral form comes and stands before you, and in like fashion, express thanksgiving, and then invite the ancestor to share about the self, name, location, time period, And if it feels appropriate to do so, invite the ancestor to let you know about a quality that the ancestor had when the ancestor was incarnate that could be of help to you in your day-to-day life. Pay attention to what quality the ancestor speaks or shares with you in the next few moments of quiet. And if it feels right to do so, experience the energy of that quality flowing into yourself or resonating with a quality that is that quality deep within you. And pay attention to what guidance comes to you as you do this. And then give thanks. And the ancestor accepts your thanks and then returns to the ring of ancestors around you. You turn around the circle a final time, and as you do, you give thanks to all these ancestors who are there to support you in your ancestor work tonight. Ancestors, thanking you. Ancestors, thanking you. Ancestors, thanking you. So be it. And now, as you feel ready to do so, take some deep, slow breaths. Call to mind your experiences with this ancestor's circle and wish your ancestors well 
as they journey back into the ancestor realm and in your sacred circle giving thanks to the sacred directions as you have called them. Thanks to the sacred north, sacred east, sacred south, sacred west, sacred sky and cosmos, sacred land and planet, sacred center spirit, the spirit realm within us and around us, giving thanks, giving thanks. And though it's time for this ancestral circle to be over, know that we can work with that form of ritual at other times when we feel called to do so. So be it. So within that ancestor's ritual, I incorporated some options for a way to connect with ancestors. In the first option, you put out the call and an ancestor came to you and brought you a message. And some people use that approach to ancestor work putting out a kind of more universal call that the right ancestor will come to you to bring the guidance, the help, the support that you seek. In the second form of meditation, here you were connecting with the ancestors around you, but really having a sense of who you felt strong connections with that you wanted to resonate and have come and be part of the circle. And so that's a different approach. Some people will call on a particular ancestor, especially if they know a bit about the ancestor and particular personality traits, character traits, a style, or it might be an area of knowledge or some skill and to really call forth that ancestor to aid in healing and aid in growth, to aid in development, depending on what your particular needs are. I have called on ancestors for healing work that I've been doing for others, ancestors who during their incarnation served as a doctor, served as a nurse, did some type of healing work. And even if they were from different lines, I called on what I would call the healer ancestors to come and to guide work. And that can be done for healing for yourself, healing for family members, healing for the planet. There are a variety of different approaches for that. Certainly ancestor rituals can be done on one's own you and the ancestors done with others that you live with there, it would be helpful to have a discussion before doing the ancestors' work to find out who wants to work in what way as part of the ceremony so that you have some agreement on what type of ancestors' ritual you might be doing. One ancestor's ritual that has become a very common ritual in contemporary times and has its roots in the ancient past is to have a feast with your ancestors, to have a place setting and a cup. And this often is at Samhain time and to set a place setting for, it could be a particular ancestor or what we do in our household is to have it be the ancestor's seat at the table. We take a bit of all the food that are being served to those of us taking part in the Samhain feast in the household, and we put some of that food on the ancestor plate, which we also sometimes call a spirit plate, and some of the beverages that we're consuming, putting that in the ancestor's cup. And typically, at the place setting, there is a candle as well as a crystal or other focus point 
um, to serve as the gateway for connecting with the ancestors. Some people will do a Samhain um, ceremony that includes what is often called a dumb supper or a silent supper, where the food is present and the entire ritual and the supper is all done in silence. Others will incorporate a silent supper part within a larger Samhain ritual that may have some other dimensions where there's speaking and singing and other ritual activities. At Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, we have a large Samhain festival every year, and one of the things that we do is our main ritual is to call to the ancestors. And one year, we had the entire group of everyone taking part in the festival all take part in a giant potluck um, Samhain feast and did that as silently as we were able to um, for our large group. So there are different ways of being able to honor ancestors, and not just at Samhain time. This can be done throughout the year. In fact, some people will do an ancestor ritual every day as part of a morning devotional practice. It might take the form of going to an ancestor's altar on a daily basis and kindling a candle or some incense or doing a short prayer to the ancestors. Some people who have an altar that has different sectors to it may have a daily practice that involves a series of different operations and one of them can be the honoring of the ancestors. I do think being able to work with the ancestors throughout the course of a year is good for developing your own personal spiritual practices, but it also furthers your relationship with the ancestors and theirs with your own. Some people will call the ancestors as part of every ritual they do. So there's an ancestor's invocation piece. Another thing that one may want to consider doing for an ancestor's ritual is to go to the grave site, the cemetery, where the ancestral remains are, or there may not be actual remains at the cemetery, but a memorial stone. Um, it depends. Some people who choose cremation actually have their ashes at a variety of different places. Some people prefer to have a memorial stone, um, and others do a full-body burial and have that marked in some way. Um, certainly, one of the things one can do for an ancestor ritual at a cemetery is to bring some offerings if they are permitted by whatever the protocols are for the cemetery, and being able to take some fresh flowers and place them on the grave is a really old custom. Uh, some people have some silk flowers that are weather-hardy that are year-round, and they switch them out after a number of years. So, so there are different ways of leaving offerings, but doing a ceremony of remembrance of ancestors at a cemetery can be a really powerful ritual, not just at Samhain time, but whenever you have occasion to visit ancestral cemeteries and grave sites. What are some other things to share about ancestor rituals. I think having some way of calling the ancestors, it can be a spoken chant or a chant that you whisper or you think or one that you sing. A really simple one that I've been using in this ancestors series is to 
have three different aspects. Ancestors, we call to you. Ancestors, we remember you. Ancestors, we honor you. And that can be used for a particular ancestor or for a more universal sense. In addition to doing some kind of chant, you may also want to experience yourself glowing with a radiant light and the ancestor glowing with a radiant light and to experience those lights merging as a way of signifying ancestral communion. Some people use that technique prior to doing what I call ancestral divination. Some people will call on one or more ancestors prior to doing some form of guidance seeking. This can be using oracle cards, tarot cards, rune sticks, um, cowrie shells. There's a variety of different ways to do divination. Some do not actually have devices that are used for divination, but will put out the call for guidance and invite messages to come through one's imagination, or one may write in a notebook what type of impressions and ideas come as part of an ancestral connection and communion as part of that. If you are calling on the ancestors for a particular reason, be sure to state the reason and give thanks. Um, as part of your, uh, your ritual experience. I think it's important to listen to the ancestors in addition to connecting with them and honoring them to make some time in an ancestor ritual where you are quiet and you allow whatever impressions, it might be a physiological sensation, it might be a word, a phrase, a symbol, um, to allow the ancestors to speak with you. Sometimes the ancestors don't appear dramatically during a ceremony. Some it's very subtle. And sometimes when one has done an ancestor's meditation but hasn't gotten anything really specific, um, just kind of a sense of peace but no real specifics, sometimes there's time release. So be sure to check your dreams as well as flashes of insight that may come to you after you have done ancestral ritual work. Some other ways of connecting with the ancestors. Ancestors, bless this right. Ancestors, bless this right. Ancestors, bless this rite. So it can be a very simple chant. And what kind of rites can you call the ancestors to bless? Rites of passage. As someone is giving birth, calling on the ancestors to bless the birth, and the one giving birth and the one supporting birth and the whole family around can be a really powerful way of calling to the ancestors and have a multi-generational and multi-dimensional blessing happening. Some people will have photographs of deceased loved ones in the ancestral realm and set them up on 
their own table or altar at some at a marriage, at a coming of age in the young adulthood or senior adulthood, or some other special occasion. Graduation, for example, or a retirement piece. And here the ancestors are being represented with images and altar and asked to bless the ceremony. When I do crossing over work, as somebody is in the final stages of their life, and I've been asked by that person and or their family, depending on the, the circumstance, to be present and to do a crossing over ceremony as the person departs from this incarnation. If the family and the person is open to it, I will call on the ancestors. If there are actually heirlooms or links to one or more dimensions of the ancestral realm that's present, I often will have them present for the ceremony and have the person who is dying uh, actually use that, have them touch it, or I will touch it to them um, with people with Scottish ancestry and connect it with a particular tartan from a clan, using that as a blessing tool as the person leaves this life and goes into the ancestral realm or the other world. Certainly calling on the ancestors at a funeral, at a celebration of life, at a burial, at a memorial service is something that some people do in traditions. And there I see the ancestor ritual is actually a dimension to the larger end-of-life observance. In addition to these types of ceremonies, you may want to call on the ancestors when you are going through some major change in your own personal life. It may take the form of um, some healing work that you're doing with yourself, or you might be relocating, traveling to another place. Uh, you may be changing jobs or changing educational institutions. Part of what happens when one makes a life change, in addition to developmental rites of passage, the life change rite of passage, ancestors can be helpful, especially when we know stories about our ancestors and their resilience and their strength and their wisdom and being able to have the ancestors be part of your process can be a really fabulous way of enhancing that transformation. Being able to call on the ancestors as you prepare for an ancestor journey so if you are going to travel to a place where your ancestors dwelled as part of preparing for the journey, you may want to do a journey preparation ancestors ritual where you call on the ancestors to guide you in your trip preparation and then to imagine yourself going with the ancestor accompanying you and then being in the place and being a source of support. As with other ancestor rites, definitely give thanks, not only during the trip, but after you have returned. Calling on the ancestors as you write about the ancestors, as you do research for the ancestors, having ritual work, that ties you in to the ancestral realm is a real powerful way of enhancing those connections. Working with the ancestors in ritual can enhance your work and your understanding and sometimes a result of strengthening your relationship with the ancestors through ritual will inspire you to do other kinds of rituals. I'd like to share with you some other types of ancestor rituals 
especially um, ones that can be used at the Samhain time, which is linked in many traditions with the other world, the ancestor realm. Some people find it interesting and helpful to have a scrying mirror or an actual mirror and to do mirror gazing, calling on the ancestors to appear in the scrying glass, appear in the mirror. In order to do this, it's good to have lowered lights, have some candlelight or other low lighting that gives you enough light that you can actually see things in the device, and then going with the intention of honoring ancestors and inviting the deep self of one's own self to let the ancestors come form and present them uh, come forth and present themselves. Now, some people find this as a more advanced technique, and certainly it's important to have good grounding skills and uh, know about ritual hygiene, clear the space before doing this, set up a, a circle of light or other way to create self safe space and and also at a time where you're not going to be interrupted by distractions or other things. And then be sure to give thanks. And I think it's very important if you do mirror scrying and invite the ancestors to actually appear um, using your own body and reflection that you make some notes. You might even want to do a rough sketch. And you may or may not get a name or a location um, when you do this, but sometimes it will come through. Being able to have an ancestor altar set up for multiple days and nights around Samhain time can be a really excellent addition to Samhain observances. I actually do an ancestor ritual on my own around Samhain time where I reflect on myself and the ancestors who have come before me. And I'll do an ancestral feast with my husband on, um, as part of our household, family, ancestral Samhain rite. And when I'm with the Circle Sanctuary community for Samhain rituals, there there's a lot more people working with the ancestors, and there we have a time together where we are able to give each other support, but we, as a group, open a portal for us to facilitate communication and connections with our ancestors. In addition to these techniques um, and approaches for Samhain, you may want to pick a particular ancestor and do a deep dive on research on that ancestor. Not only talking to relatives that have knowledge of that, doing some research online and or in um, books and other resource centers for that, but having a time where you also are open to messages coming to you as you focus on a particular ancestor. That can be another excellent way of connecting with ancestors at Samhain time. And then putting some offerings outside in a natural place to honor your ancestors and to connect with ancestors in an even more universal sense where you experience all as interconnected humans as well as the rest of the ancestral realm of nature. So in closing, let us give thanks to the ancestors.
a five-part series on ancestors, and I give thanks to the ancestors and to all who have been part of this series. Bright blessings and many thanks.
and thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connected to the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.